Hey everyone, this is the Fantasy Debate with Sam and Tate brought to you by DrRota.com. Get your daily prescription of fantasy sports. Derek Tate, how are you during this beautiful holiday week? Very More excited. Than you. I was going to say that. <laughs> uh, we have not even made it through the opening intro line and you're already hitting us with a yawn. Like I you, wasn't yawning. I, I heard it. I heard it. There was no yawn. How dare you? And I, you know what? I haven't had coffee in it. a little, like. Almost three months. So I'm trying really hard to roll through without the coffee. Okay. <laughs> but you can kind of tell some days when I haven't been having coffee because there's a pause in my talking and it's like, that could be a yawn. Try to mask it. <laughs> I, you have, I, look, you're one of the Apparently hardest. didn't do it very well. <laughs> you're one of the hardest working folks in the fantasy football industry. <sighs> We're all tired. It's a grind. We're in week 16. We're in the fantasy football semis in a lot of leagues. I feel you. So I'm not giving you a hard time. Just, <laughs> I, but I had to catch it. I mean, come on. Like, I, I'm gonna, you're going to call me out when I do stuff. So I'm mean, like, of yeah, course, no, you definitely got to do it. it. No, of course, Sam. Uh, heading into uh, week 16, Christmas weekend. Uh, always a pleasure and looking forward to kind of helping some folks navigate all this COVID madness and some new injuries and stuff like that um, to hopefully deliver a win on semifinal weekend here in the world of fantasy football yes let's let's deliver you guys another win if this is your final we wish you the best of luck if you've got one more week after this let's get you on to the next round let's do it um and we can you know we'll dissect all the good fantasy goodness as we go let's start with the running back position though this week just right off the top of the board austin eckler is on the reserve covid list he was added to that wednesday um they did change the protocols so this is going to be a blanket statement for the entire show they changed the protocols so that if i believe if a player is vaccinated and asymptomatic all they need is one negative test to come back rather than the two back-to-back two-day apart negative tests that was the previous rule yeah what's really weird when it comes to this Eckler situation is the Chargers placed him on the COVID-19 reserve list Wednesday like as a technicality right but there were reports that actually surfaced back on Monday so it's like why the hell would you wait an extra day when you know that extra day is is crucial when it comes to protocol right um like so this, for Eckler, he's the number two running back regardless of format. He's that much of a difference maker for your fantasy squad. He's probably carried you. He's been, you know, easily one of the one of the best fantasy performers of 2021. So, yeah, I mean, you're just going to have to monitor it. And, I mean, obviously we're, we're, we're thinking Justin Jackson is probably the dude. Um that if Eckler can't go is probably going to see the most run. Um, I imagine they'll probably sprinkle someone else in, um, you know, whether it be Joshua Kelly or someone else, um, unless I'm, unless they're on the COVID list too. And I'm just not uh, recognizing off the top of my head, but um, yeah, I mean, when it comes to Eckler, he's certainly, you have to monitor his situation and um, you know, hopefully he'll be available. Justin Jackson is not on the list. So he is definitely a must add if you are in this situation. Um, Considering where we're at in the season, I feel like you're definitely able to drop other players to make room for someone like him just as backup, just as insurance, um, just to make sure that you have someone for that game. Because I think this is a great matchup for Austin Eckler as well. Yeah, well, it's not a bad matchup across the board for the Los Angeles Chargers who just came off of a tough, you know, primetime loss against, against the Kansas City Chiefs. So it's, it's a nice landing pad to kind of get back in the win column and, but yeah, I mean, you really, you really, 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 really want Eckler available for your team. Um, he's a big hole to fill. And even if you get Justin Jackson, he's not going to do I, – I doubt he's going to do Eckler-type things. So uh, just monitor it and hope for the best. Definitely. Definitely got to monitor the situation. But hopefully you do get him starting this week. Someone that is questionable – but he was limited in participant in practice Wednesday, but I still think he's got a chance to play this weekend that I'm excited to watch play is James Robinson for the Jaguars. Post-Urban Meyer, their first game back, it's a bummer that the Jaguars lost. However, what you did like was you did get a touchdown out of out of him, and um, he had a pretty good fantasy week. He had 18 attempts and 75 rushing yards, which you love. Had that touchdown, had three catches. So James Robinson getting getting back on track which I liked. 
after a Mom. whole season of like not getting him and having it absolutely be brutal. Um, he's got the Jets this week, and I just love the matchup for him. Yeah, for the first time since week three, James Robinson saw 21 touches in a game. Uh, and that was the only other time he saw 21 touches in a game. So it's nice to see that, you know, Daryl Bevel is going to go ahead and feed what he believes likely is the workhorse back in James Robinson. So uh, it's interesting in Dynasty because, you know, we still have Travis Etienne that is on the roster and is likely going to be coming back from um, from his foot injury uh, heading into 2022 and beyond. But for now, you definitely can trust as long as Robinson is active, that he'll see a starter's workload. Uh, I, I still think he's a top 15 play this week. Yeah, definitely think he's a top 15 play. I just, I, I could not love this matchup more. I mean, against the Jets, who have not been consistent, not have not been what they should be this entire season. But, I mean, we I feel like we always say that about the Jets. Um, so I, I think example, that's exactly <laughs> what I've expected from the Jets all season. Uh, you know, I, if, you, if you're looking for things, though, for matchup-wise, CJ yeah, you love the matchup. See, well, CJ Mosley too, the middle linebacker for mm-hmm. um, for the Jets. He's dealing with a back injury and is questionable. So um, Mosley is a tackling machine. Uh, even it with Mosley active, teams have been able to impose their will against that unit up front for the Jets' defensive line. So either way, you love the matchup whether Mosley is playing or not. But that if he doesn't go, it's just one more reason to go ahead and fire him into your lineup. Definitely one more reason to fire him into your lineup. Let's talk about another player that is listed as questionable. He was a non-participant in Wednesday's practice. That would be Miles Sanders. He had two back-to-back weeks of okay, okay fantasy production, but not what he should be doing. <laughs> You're saying roll to the next Zeke. <laughs> Stole from Zeke. I mean, feed this man. Finally, we've seen the Philadelphia Eagles give this man the football, and he is rewarding their faith. The man is averaging over five yards a clip. Why is he not seeing as many touches as he's seen over the last two weeks? It's like, this is what this man has been capable of the entire season. And yet, uh, Nick Sirianni has just, you know, taken like the Jonathan Taylor approach from his rookie year. You know, it's like the finally the light bulb went off. Oh, Jonathan Taylor's pretty good. We should give him the football more. Like, what? <laughs> Sorry. Wait, so how do you really feel? I, I don't know. <laughs> you said my standards, and so I blacked out. <laughs> you saw red. Oh, my gosh. Um, no, he's definitely looked what he should be looking in the last two weeks against the Jets and the Washington football team. But they play the Giants again. And the last time they played the Giants, he did not look so good. So that is what is giving me pause. Is it based on the matchup? Or is it because that was the week they realized they needed to wake up and next week do more with Miles Sanders. Well, did he not look good or did they not just give him the football? They which, might have not given him the football. He averaged seven yards a carry. I mean, I mean, granted, I'm not saying that it was like every time he just gained seven yards or whatever, but I mean, clearly there was some effectiveness on the ground to compile 64 yards on nine carries. And why did he not see the ball more? I mean, I who the hell knows? Um, it, it doesn't help that Sanders was great last week uh, against the Washington football team, but this is the problem you have when you have a guy like Jalen Hurts on the dam starting a quarterback. He vultured him on two short yardage touchdowns, and Sanders went from having what could have been probably a, a basically a, a season-saving type of performance, maybe getting those two tutties, to mm-hmm. just a nice day with 16 fantasy points in a PPR. It's like Sanders is going to deal with this if he doesn't score from it feels like if he doesn't score from like 20 yards out then he's not going to score so yeah. it's he's it, it's mind-blowing that he's been as efficient as he's been all season long on the ground 130 carries 25 receptions 155 touches efficient work not one touchdown on the year yeah that's that's what I was wow. going to say too. I'm just like not one single touchdown. That's not just it's one. absolutely brutal. But if you're someone that's looking at starting him, I mean, given, you know, that he does have the questionable tag going into the week, um he's someone that's probably just going to be more flex appeal than in your top two running back at least, right? Right. I I'm definitely with 
with what it seems like they've decided and made a conscious decision to get him the football, um, and he's maintained, it's not like the Lamar Miller um, kind of symptom where Miller, once his touches went up in Houston, the efficiency went down, but he was great in Miami on a per-touch basis. It seems like Sanders still provides that big play potential and can prove capable thus far of handling a shouldering a bigger workload as far as touches go on the ground. So just keep feeding the man, ride the hot hand, and, and see if Miles Sanders can um, you know take you to a fantasy championship as you're running back to or, or a flex option. I, I'm starting him with confidence. Okay. Another player that I want to get your temperature on in terms of how much confidence you have playing him against Denver this week would be Josh Jacobs. Yeah, this one's a little bit different uh, because the Raiders offense, I don't trust right now. Um, no. You know, they really struggled against a Cleveland Browns team that was pretty depleted, <laughs> to say the very least. Uh, the Raiders let them hang around. But that being said, they came away with the win. So technically, they are still fighting for their playoff lives. It doesn't help that Josh Jacobs was actually not available at practice because he was sick on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So does that affect him a little bit? Possibly, but I still believe what's actually been encouraging about Josh Jacobs in the last three weeks is he's caught, you know, he's been involved in the passing game. Um, you know, I, and really that's been the case since back in week 10. Um, mm -hmm. So he's been, he has been, they have looked for him in the passing game. I think that's the only thing that could help him against the Broncos because they have been very good against running backs this season in holding them out of the end zone. Um, I had it in my article last week that they would keep Joe Mixon out of the end zone. They absolutely did. Um, so I, for that reason, I don't see Josh Jacobs getting a rushing touchdown this week. But what, what could save him is his passing upside. And I think that if, if he gets a couple targets, it could save his week. Yeah, I mean, really, if Josh Jacobs is your running back too, how many better options are, do you really have? I mean, you know, maybe if you're in a ten man league or something like that, then then that might be a little bit different. But you know, I, I, I'm, I'm Josh Jacobs got you there. Like he's one of the players that got you there. It's nothing like making it to the fantasy playoffs and benching the people that got you there. Like <laughs> don't don't overdo it. I, I agree. The matchup is is tricky against the Denver Broncos. Um, however. I'm still going to go ahead and trust Josh Jacobs. Yeah. And also, I mean, he was, when I'm looking at the stats of how long it's been since Denver's held a uh, running back out of the end zone for a rushing touchdown, when you look back at the beginning part of the season, and it was back in week six, Josh Jacobs was one of the guys to be able to make a touchdown in that run. It's just that the defense for Denver has been so strong as of late, which is why I'm very hesitant there. But again, if you if you have a better option, Fantastic. I don't know how you did it, given the draft and given the, the circumstances of this season with so many injuries at running back. Um, he would fall to a flex for me, but, you know, fingers crossed. What's, he, what's, what's a little bit um, interesting about how stout the Denver defense has been against the run, they've actually been pretty dinged up at linebacker this year, uh, and they traded away Von Miller. So it's like, you know, it's kind of – I got to tip my hat to Vic Vangio uh, and, and the – coaching staff is they've been able to make it work with a lot of moving parts at linebacker. So um, yeah, it it's good for you to notice that trend because the Broncos, they're still in the AFC playoff picture themselves. So this is, it's really one of the more low key under the radar uh, games that has, you know, playoff implications um, on the line this weekend. So uh, I'm starting Josh Jacobs. I agree though. His, I think his upside's a little bit capped against this Broncos defense. I definitely think his upside is capped. Um, and that's, I think, why I want to temper the expectations for fantasy managers this week. Just, oh, I've still got Josh Jacobs. He could get me something astronomical. No, he's not. He's just not going to get you something astronomical this week. Not with this matchup. Is there a chance? Sure. But it's, you know, I don't want to be a rain cloud as well. That sounded really chance. bleak. That's always always a chance. Always a Always chance. A chance. All right, let's switch over to the wide receiver position. And I want to talk about Tyreek Hill, who is on the reserve COVID list. Again, though, we don't know. I don't personally know what his vaccination status is. So if he is someone that's vaccinated and he gets, you know, one negative test and he's asymptomatic, he could come back and this could be a non-issue. However, if you have Tyreek Hill and you see this big red O next to his name, you might be a little bit nervous. Well, 
here's the thing. Every report that I've seen when it comes to Tyreek Hill has involved that quote unquote, if vaccinated, mm -hmm. um, which we makes us wonder know. because, you know, a lot, a lot of times when we've seen players get placed on the COVID list after testing positive or um, exposure or whatever, whatever the case may be, however they wind up on that list, a lot of times the team will basically, you know, let you know if they're vaccinated. Mm -hmm. It makes me wonder if they're not identifying whether or not he's actually been vaccinated or not, because, you know, for the upcoming matchup, the Steelers don't know either. So mm -hmm. are they holding their cards close to the chest and he okay. isn't, he isn't vaccinated, but the Steelers are still having to prepare for Tyreek Hill, mm -hmm. you know, as if he's going to be there and be available. I yep. I see what you're saying. This could be also a strategy move of them not saying sooner whether he is or is not, so that it could mess with their scheme on who to prepare for um, against them. So I, I hear you on that. Um, or, he, or he could be vaccinated and, you know, like you said, change adjustments and protocols. Tyreek Hill, you know, over the weekend, um, you know, obviously test negative and he's available. So then yeah. all of a sudden the Steelers, oh, crap, we have to, you know, account for the fastest player in the National Football League. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, either way, it, it's causing Mike Tomlin to have to, prepare as if Tyree Kill is going to be available this upcoming Sunday. Now, if for whatever reason he is out, which of the receivers for Kansas City would you be betting to immediately fill in the biggest role that he plays? Or would you immediately just see a full split across the board on all of them? Um, between Byron Pringle, Michael Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, Josh Gordon, you know, like... Is there anyone that you think he's the number one or is it just a complete committee at receiver? I would say it's probably a, a complete committee. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to, I mean, if I, if you're, if you're forcing me uh, and you know, anybody that's listening to this, if, if I were to place my money on anybody, um, I would actually go with Byron Pringle um, okay. as the one wide receiver I would take a dart throw with. Um, Gordon found the Enzo recently. Good for him. Uh, you know, Josh Gordon has, you know, been, you know, a, a fantasy headache, but you know, ultimately that guy's gone through a lot of stuff personally, whatever jokes you want to make, uh, at the end of the day, we're human beings. And I'm glad to see that he's, you know, gotten his life in order and everything like that. So I, I wish him continued, um, you know, mental health and peace and stuff of that nature. So Gordon, if you want to take a shot on Gordon, I personally wouldn't, but, um, you know, certainly. He's done stuff in the past that may, you know, one more time. Can Josh Gordon break your heart one more time uh, on fantasy <laughs> semifinal weekend? Maybe, or maybe there's that small glimpse that he could return to that 2012 form and win you a fantasy championship. Wouldn't that be poetic? I think that would be very poetic, especially given, you know, just how many people have come back and been resurrected this season just in terms of their fantasy use, like Cordero Patterson, crying out loud, um, just to name one off the top of my head that's also just like, what year is it? <laughs> We're having fantasy success kind of a moment. So um, I, I do I do hope good things for him. You know, if for whatever reason Tyreek Hill is out, it would be su super poetic for Josh Gordon to get in the end zone. But again, if Hill is out, I agree with you in that Byron Pringle would be the receiver that I would count on most to end up in the end zone this weekend. Yeah. I mean, we could see more targets out of the backfield. We could, you know, obviously if Kelsey gets activated off the COVID-19 reserve list for this matchup against the Steelers, then, you know, he's someone right. That uh, will continue to see his, you know, obnoxious amount of targets uh, at the tight end position. The only thing is, is he's going to see more attention because you don't mm -hmm. have to worry about that dude. Number 10, you know, flying by you and, you know, torching you for an ADR tutty. So it'll be interesting search situation worth monitoring. Um, but definitely if you want to take a shot, you're desperate because of all the injuries and, and COVID inactive lists. Um, mm -hmm. I would say I don't, I don't blame anybody who's got Patrick Mahomes or just needs a receiver to th throw a dart on Ringo Robinson or Gordon. Definitely. Let's talk about a receiver that of the of his team, I wouldn't throw a dart on anyone else besides him, and that would be Brandon Cooks. He's also on the reserve COVID list. Right. Brandon Cooks has had himself a, a pretty amazing season for when he's been healthy, 100% out there. Um, coming off of a fantastic week against the Jags, he had two touchdowns last week, over 100 yards, um, seven catches on 10 targets. 
he's looking fantastic. It's absolutely brutal. He gets put on this list right before playing playing against the Chargers, which I think he would be able to have a good week against as well. I want to ask you a question. Have the Houston Texans found something with quarterback Davis Davis Mills? I don't think he's played that horrible over the last two weeks. No, I'm I'm dead serious. Like there's moments that the game seems to be slowing down for him a little bit. Now, granted, he played Seattle and Jacksonville, two bad teams. Yeah. So I don't want to overreact, but I'm simply saying that Davis Mills, you know, we we know that the divorce has already begun um, between Deshaun Watson and the organization. Yeah. I'm just kind of curious, though. I mean, like they're going to have. An interesting decision to make on Davis Mills heading into the future. I definitely think they do. Um, you know, the only other side of that coin would be Tyrod Taylor, which I believe um, any team that he's been on, the coaches have said he is our guy when he is healthy and when he's back out there. I feel like it's brutal that he's had a couple of years of bad injuries that have kept him out of potentially being the number one quarterback for our franchise for a season. Um so if he comes back healthy, I think they do give the job back to Tyrod Taylor, but um Davis Mills had, has given a pretty good argument. I agree with you there in terms of what he has to offer this Texans offense and a team that is desperately in need of some level of consistency going into their future. Um, they've had Davis across Mills the board, yeah. across the yeah. board. Like they've, they've had him, things have been working, you know, it's just, if they have to pivot again, it's just another year of, we don't know what we're going to get. So it would be nice for them to just say, Hey, you know what? We're going to go with this going forward, but I, it's the Texans. So I, I can't count on that. I'm just, I'm, I'm just simply trying to tip the hat to a man that yes. was, has been pushed into a, a really, really, really tough situation to begin his NFL career. And he has found, he has found some measure of success. The last three times he has started for the Texans against the Los Angeles Rams, the Seattle Seahawks and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I'm just saying, I, I, I got to tip my hat to him. He's exceeded my expectations, and it's just interesting to see how that will play out, uh, in particular in Superflex Dynasty League. So, you know, hold, as you hold. would say in Braveheart, hold. So I, I have him as my hold player for my Stockwatch article, too. So very perfect that you say that he is a hold. You know, again, back to Brandon Cooks. He's had at least two weeks um, with 100 yards and the receiving game and then yeah. against the chargers the chargers have allowed an average of 300 passing yards the last three weeks um and two passing touchdowns as well in that time to opposing teams so i just it's a good matchup for him hopefully he can get a negative test so he can be available for you because i think this is a good matchup for him if not then it's time for nicola nico collins um, <laughs> if you sorry. had to pick someone then he would be your guy yeah he would I mean, he would be one of a, a handful of guys, but yeah, I mean, I just, I, I really wanted to one, say his name too, uh, like what he's done as a rookie out of the University of Michigan. So um, some things, some, hopefully some positive things to take into the off season for the Houston Texans. All right. Well, going off of that positivity, I want to know how positive you are about Mike Evans and Antonio Brown for your bucks this weekend. Not good for Mike Evans. Um, <laughs> you should not, I, I wouldn't trust him. Um that hamstrings, again, even if he's active, you know, I know he's been great this year. Um, I'm personally going to go in a different direction. I don't think he's going to be available. Really, the Bucks. think about it. The Bucks are playing for a bigger prize, right? I mean, yeah. although, yes, would you love to win your final three games, hope that Green Bay stumbles. But Green Bay, Green Bay is face, has a, has a, uh, there are three opponents that are remaining have like, a, I think it's a combined record of like 14, 25 and one or something like that. Like it's um, I forget the exact record, but basically they're playing three, 500 or um, worse teams. So two, seven and seven squads, the Vikings and the Cleveland Browns. And then of course the Detroit lions. So I, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking the Packers are probably going to run the table and, and secure home field advantage uh, for a second straight year in the NFC. So the Bucks. You know, while you want to, while you want to finish at the highest seat possible, it's not worth Mike Evans rolling out there this week or next week and 
tweaking that hamstring and then having him unavailable for the any of the playoff run because you already know you're going to be without Chris Godwin. I would personally rest Mike Evans and make him as close to 100% heading into the postseason. That definitely makes a lot of sense. So then for that reason, how high are you on, on, on Antonio right. Brown this week? He will be his first week back since week six. I still think AB is a top 20 play this week. Um, okay. You know, I know that that's maybe a little bit bullish uh, given that he hasn't played in a while, but Antonio Brown, someone that, um, you know, keeps himself, it, it, say what you will about him. The man does take care of his body. He does train like he should. Yeah. Um, and prior to his injury, Sam, before he exited earlier in the season, he looked great in the first month. So if we get that version of Antonio Brown with a guy that's probably going to see, uh, I think, probably double-digit targets right out the gate um, because of the lack of Chris Godwin and Mike Evans probably not being available. Uh, and Leonard Fournette, by the way, coming out of the backfield, like Rojo, you know, really can't catch a cold um, or has very inconsistent hands, I'll put it. Um, yeah, I mean, you really got Gronk is who, is, you know, Brady trusts. Um, I think Brown is a trustworthy option in week 16. Yeah, I mean... If you think about the volume, you also think, you know, Brady just had a brutal loss. You're going to get angry Brady. And I know what we always say about angry Brady. You don't want to see him mad. <laughs> you don't want to see Brady mad. And that's exactly what they're going to be getting. So I just feel really bad for Carolina to be facing a very mad Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Carolina is a team that's got ha, does have some talent. And they've had some performances earlier in the season, mostly, where their defense can really can really get you out of what you want to do. Um, and Brady, this offense is going to look a little bit different, right? No Chris Evans, no or no, no, no Chris Godwin's, no Godwin. <laughs> I'm combining Mike Evans and Chris Godwin's name together. You are. <laughs> uh, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, both probably unavailable. This offense, and, and no Leonard Fournette out of the backfield. So yeah. this offense is going to look a little bit different. It um, will, but I, I believe Brady's going to be able to make it work. I, I, I Well, if I'm a betting man, yeah, I think so. But yeah. Just and I mean, saying, you are a betting man. I'm a I'm a betting woman. We we bet all the time. This is what we do. Yeah, this is what we do. This is, so. this is part of what we do. Doing a lot of betting. Um, <laughs> no, I think I I see AB getting at least a touchdown in this game, um, and being very effective. So I think that you could start him with some confidence. Someone I have no confidence in starting this week. Maybe a little bit of surprise, because. I do love my Steelers, but I do not have any confidence starting Chase Claypool against the Chiefs this week. I, I have a hard time starting any any Steeler, including Najee Harris from last week. What an proverbial laid egg yeah. in, a, in a fantasy playoff situation that Najee Harris owners had to endure. If you survived, congratulations. But there was a lot of a lot of fantasy tragedy victims last week uh that have that had Najee Harris in their lineup there were and I'm very sorry about all of those things if I had anything to do with it I would have made it not happen however still a great player still has a bright future still a great dynasty asset but yeah yeah no, when you have those performances I mean Brady too I mean Brady was the number one scoring player in all of fantasy football and he got shut out. Last week was such a weird week. Like it, there, there must have been like some sort of weird moon lining up with another planet, and everything just didn't make sense. If anyone does the astrology thing, and you know that there was some weird cosmos thing that was happening that could explain it, would love to know personally because it was just an insane week. Um, but just somewhere for, Thanos, Thanos has all five and in infinity stones. Yeah. Um, and rather than doing anything to the entire world, he said, you know what? I'm going to focus on everyone's fantasy lineups. And he just snapped his fingers and we all lost our leagues. <laughs> I think that if you won, it was not based on a huge, enormous point total last week. It was it was a weird one. But let's talk about Chase Claypool because he's someone that I think a lot of people would might be thinking about flexing. And I just, for me, I'm a no. I'm not flexing Chase Claypool this week. He has not ended up in the end zone since week five. Week five, he hasn't been in the end zone. So for that reason, he's been out for so long. He's just been super inconsistent. He's had several drops, which have been absolutely brutal. I just don't like him against the Ch Kansas City Chiefs, whose defense has stepped up recently. They are looking much stronger. And for that reason, I'm just not flexing with uh, Claypool. He is sitting yeah. on my bench. This this offense in general and the duo of Claypool and, and uh, Deontay Johnson – 
Although Johnson's had a, a nice year for sure. Um, and James Washington has been far more effective, I think, um, as of late as well. He's had an uptick in targets. And Pat Fryermouth has been really the big red zone threat for Ben. He's been the number one guy that Ben has been looking for in the red zone. Um, I don't know if we're going to be getting Fryermouth back this week, though, after that concussion. I hope all he of, do. All of them, though. Like, yeah. it seems as if there's a like two or three plays in every single Steelers game that I watch that mm-hmm. they're – someone fails to make a play for Big Ben, whether it's a drop, whether it's a fumble, whether it's, you know, some sort of pre-snap penalty, whether it's pointing first down while you have less than 30 seconds left on the clock for Chase Claypool and no timeouts remaining. You know, there's just something weird about this receiver group that just you feel like you can't trust and what better way to make sure that I stay the hell away from it. When my fantasy uh, championship is on the line, I'm, I'm outside of Deontay Johnson. I'm not starting. I'm not starting Claypool. I'm not starting Friar Muth If he decides to play, even though he's a little bit more tempting. Um, and uh, same thing with James Washington. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. All right. Let's talk about the tight end position. Uh, tight end that probably saved a lot of people's weeks last week was Hunter Henry. Uh, Absolutely brilliant week. I believe he had two touchdowns. Just insane. Um, He's someone that, you know, you have to ride the wave. If he's someone that you've had all season as well, you probably don't have someone higher up in the ranks for tight end. So definitely can still roll with him going forward into this week. But someone who might be down in your ranks would be Dawson Knox, who looked brutal. Absolutely brutal last week. Well, it's. Fantasy football is a fickle beast, and uh, Hunter Henry, right? Mm-hmm. We saw really like a like a the best game of his season, like by far. Career game week. for him: two touchdowns, seventy-seven yards, six catches. Yeah, I mean, it, it. He's only had two games all season where he's seen seven or more targets, and oddly enough, against Houston, he put up a very similar stat line: eight targets, six receptions, seventy-five yards, but no tutties. Mm-hmm. Or no, excuse me, uh, just one touchdown in that game. So that being said, Hunter Henry, although I, I'm encouraged by what I saw, the last time the Patriots played the Buffalo Bills, they threw the ball three times, Sam. They were playing in the middle of like a blizzard. They threw the nobody, ball three times, no, Sam. Nobody was throwing the ball. They should throw it this weekend. I was looking at the weather. It is a partly cloudy day. It's going to be cold. But Are you going fantasy football meteorologist on me right you now? You have to. Oh, my gosh. After that game, the way that it treated everyone in the passing game, you have to just double, triple check these little things because it, it matters. But, hey, partly cloudy so far. We're looking okay, and it's not going to be, like, fingers crossed, not going to be another blizzard bowl for them. Okay. My <laughs> meteorology skills when it comes to fantasy football are more tied to my failed prognostications when it comes to outlooks on players. I mean, it's – we, we live in a business where we're kind of wrong. It's kind of similar to a weatherman. So mm-hmm. the fact that you're actually spitting weather forecasts at me right now makes me grin. But it's <laughs> worth noting. I totally understand. Like, it's important. And, uh, well, now we've seen Belichick who put that on tape. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, does he play against his own tendencies? Oh, absolutely. Bill's going to flip the script no matter what. He's... He's Bill Belichick. He is he is the Sith coach of the league, and he is going to make you second guess any way to prepare to play against Patriots. So I can totally see him saying, you know what? Yeah, we only passed once last time I played you. Let's see how let's show you how many times I can make Mac Jones play throw and be efficient at this because he's just gonna flip the script. I I do not want to go into this game saying I know what Bill Belichick is going to do, but I know that he's not going to do the same thing he did last week because he's always going to be switching it up to confuse opposing defenses. Yeah, well, you know, again, Mac Jones has had a really nice rookie year. Um, he has. So I, I, it just seems as if the uh, – this is one of the more intriguing matchups, right? Because, you know, last year without Tom Brady – you had the letdown in New England and, you know, whatever. I mean, it was kind of a rebuilding year for New England, first one in 20 years. Uh, but this team is is interesting, is the best, say the least, because on offense, I really still don't think that they have a ton of weapons. They're not flashy, but 
boy, do they just win football games. And it's because of that guy or a big reason why is the guy under center making good decisions as a rookie. Mm-hmm. And um, I just don't know, though. I, I don't see any I don't I don't have a bullish outlook for Hunter Henry, even if they do go to the air more than three times. Uh, I, I just don't see Hunter Henry having a big week um, against the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, um, I, I I get the tempered expectations against them. I just think that um, you have a good shot of him ending up as a red zone target um, just based on how they've used him all season. So for that, for me, I mean, if I'm if I'm streaming a tight end, you know, just right. giving giving it my best shot, I'm I'm throwing out Hunter Henry because because absolutely why not? But on the opposite side of the ball, then how do you feel about Dawson Knox in this one, um, who's coming off of a very brutal matchup? He had he was four for five with 38 yards against Carolina. Um, so then to see him against New England, he's he's someone that I mean you're starting, but you're nervous about. I mean, you may be a little bit nervous, but Knox is not the focal point of the offense, which is exactly where you want to be when you're facing off against Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that Belichick is going to focus a lot on Stefan Diggs and attempt to make Allen go elsewhere. Um, mm-hmm. So those other outlets, COVID, COVID-19 has put Cole Beasley on the reserve list. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I believe he's... I believe he's unvaccinated. If I yeah, he's been very if I'm wrong, I believe no. he's been already ruled out for this game. Yeah. So now you're looking at Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox as potential other options. Do and like I'm okay. Gabe Davis I, a lot. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm okay rolling either of those two players out this week, even though it's not ideal. I'm not saying that both of them are going to have breakout weeks, but do I think that they'll see a, a a steady volume of targets in the absence of Cole Beasley? I do. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with you there. Let's talk about quarterbacks before we wrap up this week's show, just to hit all the positions across the board, making sure we're talking about somebody in every single format so that you know what to look forward to into this coming week. But obviously we talked about Brady briefly. He's going to have a bounce back game. He's got to have a bounce back game against Carolina. Like we we covered his weapons. I know what he's without, but I think that, just based on Brady's history, if he's ever had a down week, his immediate following week has been huge. So one of the last down weeks he had was in week four against New England in terms of fantasy output. Um, that one was a brutal week. He was under 300 yards without a passing touchdown. The following week, he was over 400 yards with five passing touchdowns against Miami. Um, the last time then after that he had a down week, it was in week 12 against the Colts. He only had one passing touchdown and just over 200 yards. The following week, he had four passing touchdowns and over 350 yards against the Falcons. So to me, based on that, I think he's going to have himself a big game. So you're going you're going with that narrative. I just believe and, – and I think that the narrative makes sense. Brady is – yeah, you're, you're getting a Brady that's, that's really dialed in this week. Um, and I'm sure the week of practice is going to be intense. Um, and Brady's going to get some rapport and get some timing down with some of these new options. They're going to see – uh, far more reps than they've seen all season, whether it be Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, Jalen Darden, um, and of course, you know, AB uh, sliding right in there along with Gronk and Cameron Braid and OJ Howard. They'll, they'll be all right. Um, but yeah, they're going to have to shift their philosophy. And I expect Brady, I expect Brady to probably finish inside the top 10 um, uh, at his position. But yes, could he certainly go full Brady and. <laughs> Uh, full angry Brady and just put Brady. it on the Carolina Panthers. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, I, definitely a top 10 play this week for me with with top five upside. I agree with you there. Okay, let's talk about Lamar Jackson, who was out and missed. Yeah. However, Tyler Huntley looked fantastic in his place. So one, do we feel good about maybe Lamar Jackson coming back? He didn't practice on Wednesday, and that was the soonest day that John Harbaugh said that we could see him. So it looks like it, things are not trending the direction of where you'd like them to go. And if he doesn't play, are you starting Tyler Huntley in any formats? I'm starting Tyler Huntley, absolutely. I mean... He looked he, like a perfect... He absolutely filled in the role perfectly when he was gone. He had the two passing touchdowns over 200 yards, and he also had two rushing touchdowns, which was like Lamar Jackson's not playing. I'm confused. <laughs> he, he, did, he he I was going to say that he did his best Lamar Jackson imitation. He did. Um, honestly, 
Tyler Huntley might be playing himself into some sort of potential starting opportunity to like compete for a starting job, yeah. right? With how well he's, I mean, you also have to tip your hat to how he played against Cleveland. I mean, yeah. Baltimore was getting mollywopped by yeah. the Browns, and Huntley got them back into that football game. Damn near stole it uh, against the Cleveland Browns. Um, so I mean, two yep. games in a row where I've seen a lot to like from not only Tyler Huntley. But if I'm an owner or, excuse me, a shareholder of Mark Andrews, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that Tyler Huntley plays because yes. that dude is just peppering Mark Andrews with targets. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm honestly, unless Lamar is 100%, I personally would love to see them stick with Tyler Huntley. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you know, you know, shareholders of Lamar Jackson don't feel that way, but um, and Lamar, though, Lamar's just so damn competitive yeah. that you're telling me his team that needs a win. They're not, if the season ended today, Baltimore would be watching it from home. Like, mm-hmm. that's how far they have fallen. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be hard to keep Lamar Jackson off the football field. This is a tough divisional matchup against the Bengals as well. I mean, this division has gone back and forth in terms of who is in and who is out of playoff contention, and it could immediately shift again after this week. So if the if the Ravens can pull out a win, and I believe that they could pull out a win with Huntley under center, like that's not really a question to me. He obviously pre- said he could do the job well and prove that against the Packers, who you know are they played incredibly tough, and he did very well given this matchup. And I think that you know he has every potential to exceed. Um, our expectations against the Bengals this week. So for me, if if you had him and you managed to start him or you were able to pick him up this week, I would hold on to him starting up until the very last minute when we hear whether or not Lamar Jackson plays. And I would feel good about having him. Yeah, I, I, I'm all on board with starting Tyler Huntley. Um, and speaking of getting Molly Wap, though, I mean... <laughs> Back Can't in say I've said that before, but sure. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> back when back when the Ravens faced off against the Cincinnati Bengals at home, mind you, the Bengals put it on them, 41-17. Like, and a lot of what they did defensively was do. <laughs> Remember the Miami Dolphins too on Thursday Night Football when this team faces off against zero blitzes or basically those type of looks exotically up front where you know pre-snap that there's two linebackers in the A gap and more folks in the box or near the line of scrimmage than the offensive line can account for. The Ravens have really struggled. And I think you're going to see that again this week, whether it's Tyler Huntley or Lamar Jackson under center. So I'm, I'm looking at Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. And in a gotta have it week, you better have a plan to be ready for that type of exotic look pre-snap uh, and and ready for teams to turn up the heat against you. So what's your answer? And it's going to be interesting what that answer looks like, whether it's Lamar under center or another week of Tyler Huntley. Absolutely. Let's talk about one more quarterback before we sign off here that, you know, has been disappointing for the last three weeks, and that would be Dak Prescott. I'm trying to think if that's the nicest way to say that he's been disappointing um, or not, but he's facing Washington. They faced them in week 14. And when he saw him, then he had two interceptions, only one passing touchdown and just over 200 yards. Are we going to see more of the same against Washington again for week 16? Eh, I'm thinking so. I'm not very high on Dak Prescott. It's just brutal that you probably don't have a better quarterback option unless Tyler Huntley's available, run over and pick up Tyler Huntley so that you can start him. <laughs> Are we 100% convinced that Dak Prescott is healthy? No. I'm just looking at his production. I'm, lo- I'm, looking, I'm looking at his production, right? And, um, you know, when, when you take a look at the way he started the season prior to heading into the bye week and that, that calf injury towards the later parts of the game against the New England Patriots, um, I mean, Dak was looking like a potential MVP candidate where he threw for three or more touchdowns in five of the first six games, Sam. And this Mm -hmm. team had like an explosive element to it. And since Dak has come back, it's it's really not looked the same. And it's kind of like a maybe like a a baseball, um, you know, home run hitter that's going through a slump. 
you know, I think that Jerry Jones actually used that exact analogy not too long ago. And, and it's kind of, you know, spot on. And I expect that a Washington football team that is struggling on the offensive side of the football, you know, in particular, if there's no Taylor Heineke again this week, um, you know, I'm just I'm just looking at at this Dallas offense and, and wondering what their identity is at the moment, because Zeke hasn't really been himself. Dak hasn't been himself. I mean, they're just kind of riding a great defense right now, to be honest. Um, I think that you, if you have Dak, you start them against Washington. They're at home. Um, but, yeah, I would just temper your expectations that, you know, I don't think it's going to be a shootout. I don't think they're going to have to, you know, throw the ball a whole lot in order to beat the New York Giants, who are without Daniel Jones. And you're looking at Jake Fromm or, or Mike Glennon under center. I mean, yeah, the Cowboys are going to be able to just sit on the football and probably, excuse me, not not the Giants, uh, the Washington football team they're yeah. playing this week. Um, you know, Anto Antonio Gibson uh, re-injured his toe, mm -hmm. which means he's not going to be at 100%. You don't know yeah. what you're going to get under center. Um, life is like a box of chocolates when it comes to the Washington football team. This is very true. Um, so I just I don't think that they're going to have to do a whole lot to beat the football team. Um, mm -hmm. So for me, Dak is more like a fringe top 12, top 15 option this week. Yeah, definitely fringe top 15 for me, to say the least. If you have other options um, with better matchups, I, you know, you're not waiting for that early, early season Dak Prescott to come back. This is just going to be game management game. It's not going to, it's not going to be. This isn't going to win you a championship. Dak's not going to win you a championship this weekend. And I don't feel like that is a spicy take. Yeah, I, I don't feel anybody that's planting their flag on Dak going for 300 plus and, and three tutties. So uh, no. I he think hasn't had over 300 yards yeah. since week 12. And yeah, he's just he's been nothing but mistakes the la later half of the season since the bye week, like you said. A lot of turnovers. You're, you're Exactly. A lot of turnovers, a, a lot of interceptions for a guy that – you know, I think at moments has looked like a pretty clean uh, quarterback as far as taking care of the football. So he's definitely not himself, um, you know, and I don't see him snapping out of his fantasy fantasy slump um, in an important guy to have it week. But I still, depending on what your other option is, I still think Dak is startable. Yeah. I, I disagree. I don't think he's startable. Oh, well, no, no, no. I like <laughs> it. No, I, I don't think fine. he's startable. That's fine. Um, I mean, there's a lot of other guys that offer more upside than Dak Prescott this week. There are. There are several other guys that I think have much more upside, Tyler Huntley being one of them. Um, I would I, I would start – no, I would start Tyler Huntley over over Dak Prescott. I would. I'm with easily. you. Yeah. yeah, no, that's – that is um, – that doesn't feel bullish to say. That just, that's not a hot take. I don't think that's a hot take. And, you know, if if he can get off of the reserve COVID list, I even like Jared Goff over Dak Prescott this week as well. And that might be a little bit spicier. But, I mean, when that's you look at spicier. the way that the Lions have been playing and the way that Goff has been far more effective, if you're just looking for a much better floor, let alone based on that, on what they've done the last couple of weeks, um, Jared Goff has been far more effective. He had three passing touchdowns last week. He had three in week 13 against the Vikings, and they've got the Falcons this week. So that's Lions a great a matchup. winning streak. Yeah. What Lions, the hell is going Lions on? are on a streak. They're, they're playing for their coach's job, and I kind of love this crazy, uh, intense, passionate camaraderie that we're seeing play out in that they, they're trying to win. They're not playing for any type of draft pick they're playing to win the game at its base. And I love seeing that fight in them. So honestly, I, I'd rather have that than what you might be getting in Prescott. I've never, ever, ever wanted to throw a coach's name into the, into consideration for coach of the year that only has two wins through the first <laughs> six, 15 weeks of the NFL season. But you look at how hard, this Lions team plays for Dan Campbell. Like, I got to do nothing but give him mad props and respect. And they're not going to, they're not going to start kind of reaping some of those benefits from trading Matthew Stafford until this upcoming NFL draft, right? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. You got those two, now you got a couple future firsts from the LA Rams. Um, you got some tools to rebuild with. Um, I, yeah. Do they need a wide receiver one? Yes. I mean, St. Brown has done a nice job as a rookie. We've seen Josh Reynolds and, and 
who the hell is Craig Reynolds? But who Craig <laughs> Reynolds you know, ran for 100 yards last week as an undrafted rookie against the team that had the best record in the NFC heading into the week. Like, what? Like, I, they keep finding ways, though, to be competitive. And to me, that is the sign of a coach that has gotten a locker room to buy in and believe. And whether you think about Jared Goff, you think he's he's trash or he's just a guy that succeeded with Sean McVay. I got to tip my hat to him because he got he got traded from a Super Bowl contender to a team that you knew was going to have a rough year in 2021 and the man has kept battling. And for what that's worth, you know, even if this this week 15 upset against the Arizona Cardinals is the best of the moments that Jared Goff has moving forward in his NFL career, I just got to tip my hat to him because um, the man has gotten a lot of grief, you know, in the media and on the on the social interwebs and in the fantasy community. And, you know, I just got to I got to give him a little bit of credit where credit is due um, because the Lions have have far exceeded my expectations, uh, even with just two wins on the season. Um, It's really a testament to how how well prepared they've been with Dan Campbell. Definitely. I, I definitely uh, agree with you there. Um, so yeah, if uh, this is all back to quarterbacks, we like more than Dak Prescott. I don't, I don't mind it against Atlanta. So I'm kind of yeah. with you on that. Um, we'll go ahead and see how it all plays out. But, uh, you know, if, if, if you're going Jared Goff over Dak Prescott and, and, and a guy to have it week in fantasy football, I can't really blame you. Hey, got to have it. Got to play to win the game. Um, We wish everyone all the wins that they can get this playoff week and all the happiest of holidays and cheer. And we really appreciate you guys tuning in every week and catching the fantasy debate. We love this show. We love doing this show. Um, And it's, you know, a big part of it is because we have amazing viewers and listeners like yourselves. We love you. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And well, not a happy new year. We'll be back before then. Oh, yeah. You'll see us before the new year. Um, But thank you guys again so much for listening to the Fantasy Debate with Sam and Tate. Check out all the other content, seasonal and DFS tools, as well as premium access to our staff for all your fantasy sports questions in the members-only Discord right here at drrota.com. Later, says the Tater, y'all. Have a happy Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everyone. Thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out drrodo.com. And until the next visit, be well and take care.